transition into the radio phase of our program today. The Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church would like to welcome our KKVV listening audience. Today is very special because we are celebrating youth ministry at its best. And so the youth here at Abundant Life are responsible for the worship service. Our speaker today hails from Bering Springs, Michigan. He is currently a teacher at the Grand Rapids Academy. Before teaching at uh, Grand Rapids Academy, our speaker, Pastor Jason C. North, matriculated at Oakwood University, formerly Oakwood College. Amen where he received a, a Bachelor of Science in Physical Education. Thereafter, he went to Andrews University, where he received his Master of Arts in Youth Ministry. He is the proud father of three wonderful children. We have Dijay, Jade, and Jason. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's also known as Big Papa, and his wife is known as Little Mama. And so we welcome you, Pastor Jason C. North. We have been having a fantastic time with you. The youth have been blessed, and so far, we just want to give God the glory and all the honor and praise. Before he comes to us, we are going to be hearing from our youth choir, amen? Amen. And followed by our speaker, Pastor Jason C. North. Hear ye him. One of the other messages our speaker had for us on last night in our Vesper thought is that a lot of times we're asked questions why we do what we do. Why don't you eat this? Why do you go to church on that day? Why do you dress that way? Why don't you wear this? And a lot of times we'll give the patented answer, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Or my mom and dad won't let me do anything else. But the real praise to Jesus is to say, because I have such a relationship with my Lord, I don't put things in my body like that. I don't pierce my body like that. I don't do those things or go those places because of my relationship and my love to Jesus. So the next time someone asks you why you do what you do, let them know it's because of your love for Jesus. Our hands. When we lift our hands to Jesus, 
What do we really mean? What do we really mean? Someone may be wondering. Someone may be wondering. When we sing, when, when we sing our song, at times, at times we may be crying. Nothing. And nothing's even wrong. I sing because. I sing because I'm happy. I sing. I sing because I'm free. Just stop. His eye is on the sparrow. That's the reason. That's the reason why I sing. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. You're the reason. You're the reason why I sing. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. You're the reason. You're the reason why I sing. Someone asked. Someone asked a question. Why do we sing? Why do we sing? When we lift our hands to Jesus. What do we really mean? Someone may be wondering. Someone may be wondering. When we sing. When we sing our songs at times. At times we may be crying. And nothing's even wrong. I sing because. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because. I sing because I'm free. His eye. When the song is over, and when the song is over, we've all said amen. We've all said amen. In your heart, in your heart, just keep on singing. And the song, and the song will never end. And if somebody asks you, and if somebody asks you, was it just a show? Was it just a show? Lift your hand. Lift your hands and be a witness. Tell the whole world. And tell the whole world no. And when you cross. And when you cross that river. To study war no more. To study war no more. We will sing. We will sing a song to Jesus. The one that we adore. I sing because. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because. I sing because I'm free. His eye. You're the reason why I sing. 
You're the reason. You're the reason why I sing. You're the reason. You're the reason why I sing. You're the reason. You're the reason why I sing. You're the reason. You're the reason why I people another hearty amen. 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 Elder, I think you may have to take them on the road. Yes, sir. Because you got something here that needs to be shared. I would first like to thank Pastor Lee Wars for gracious invitation. Dr. Rock for supporting him in his choice of a speaker today. I also like to say hello to Barbara McDavid. She was a good friend of ours, still is, as I was interning at the Highland Avenue Seventh-day Adventist Church in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And so if you're ever in Michigan, just Google Highland Avenue. You can spend your Sabbath worshiping the Lord there. And then there was a, a young, young lady who went by the name of Stacy Willis. And that's my big sister. So she is here to support her baby brother. <laughs> young freshman at a very well-known university sitting in his first philosophy class. And the professor had a reputation for tearing down Christians in his philosophy class. Yes, he did. And so he asked if there are any Christians in the audience. And looking around this young, brave freshman raised his hand and he said young man stand up please for I have some questions to ask you and he said do you believe in God and young man not knowing where he was coming from said yeah yes he said well I have some questions to ask you about this God he said, according to scientific analysis, have you ever seen God? Well, no. He said, okay, okay, have you, have you ever smelled God? No, 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 no. Have you ever tasted God? 
No, no, no. Have you ever touched God? No. Have you ever heard God? No. He said, well, according to scientific analysis, then, then God cannot exist. And he says, well, I, I accept him by faith. And so the professor laughed, chuckled to himself, faith. So the professor turned around and the young man said, Professor, hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, can I ask you some questions, professor? <laughs> so the professor's smirk turns to a frown utterly warms. He says, professor, do you have a, a brain? <laughs> professor, absolutely. He said, well, well, Professor, can I ask you some questions about your brain? He said, Professor, have you ever seen your brain? <laughs> have you ever touched your brain? Have you ever smelled your brain? Have you ever heard your brain? Have you ever tasted your brain? He said, well then, Professor, how in the world can we trust what you're telling us? Because by scientific analysis, you have no brain. So the professor said, well, you're just going to have to accept it by faith. title of my message today, Guilty Until Proven Innocent. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, you said in your word that without faith it is impossible to please you. You also said through the prophet Habakkuk that the just, if they're going to see you face to face, must live by faith. And so, Lord, we're like that father who, who was praying and asking the disciples to cast out demons out of his child. Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. This is our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Open me, open with me your Bibles to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, chapter 2, chapter 2, and I will be reading from the New International Version of the Bible, but I want to give you the Word of God today. Is that all right, church? Amen. That's all right. We are a Bible-believing church. What do you say? Amen. Amen. So I don't want it to be some cunningly devised fables that you're hearing of. I want you to get it straight from the Word of God today. Chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. The Bible says, Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow 
out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, good for food. And in the middle of the garden, there were a tree of life and a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Scaling down to verse 16. So the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. God has created this wonderful paradise for humanity. He gives them a home eastward in Eden. That's something like Las Vegas, Nevada. They live in a, the eastern part of Eden. He's given them trees that are pleasing to the eye and good for food. In other words, he's given them everything that they could have ever wanted, hoped, or desired. But like what God does with all of his created beings, he must test for loyalty. Loyalty. I told the young people a story last night of how far humanity or human beings will go to prove loyalty to each other. But God says, I don't want a bunch of clones walking around. That's why we must be careful how we judge people's worship. Because if God wanted only one way for you to respond to him, he would have made y'all robots. And so God says, I have everything for you, but, but I must test your loyalty because I've given you the, the ability to choose. And so I put, I put a tree, just one, just one, out of all the trees in the garden, just one, I don't eat. Have you ever told a child, don't touch the cookie? Have you ever gone into a store with your children and, and, and said, don't touch nothing? <laughs> and much like children, it kills us that we may have everything, but there's something prohibited from us. Then in verse 18, the Bible says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I thought I'd get an amen from the brothers, but <laughs> ladies, just give them a holy nudge. Tell them to wake up. I will make a helper suitable, suitable for him. Now, that has absolutely nothing to do with the sermon. I just like that text. <laughs> Jumping to verse 25. Let's jump all the way to the last verse of 25. It says, the man and his wife were both what? Naked. It's all right, church. It's in the Bible. It's all right. Naked. And they felt no shame. Now, I've been blessed with three children. And some gray hairs came along with each and every one of them. But I've been blessed with, with three children. And as I watched my oldest boy grow up, uh, there was a time in his life where the brother had no shame. You see, I put the little brother in the bathtub. And when he got out the bathtub, he didn't want to be clothed. He just ran free through, through the house. And you try to throw a pamper on. Come on, come on, come on. No, I'm free. He felt no shame. He was naked. 
and was free. But something happened between four and five years of age. And his mama came to the door one time and she bust open the door and all of a sudden this free young boy was, ah! Ma, get out! She said, boy, you ain't got nothing I ain't never seen before. He said, Mom, I'm naked. <laughs> Something changed. Yes, Let your brother or sister walk in on you. And there'll be a fight in the house. Yes. Chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle, your Bible says. My Bible says crafty. Than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Servant of the Lord, Ellen White tells us in Patriarchs and Prophets that, that the serpent was the most beautiful of all God's created beings. Creatures, excuse me. The most beautiful. It wasn't this, this heinous slither. I don't like snakes. Matter of fact, you want to see this grown man scream? <laughs> Come at me with a snake. But it wasn't this nasty, cold, slithering thing we see today. This thing was a majestic and beautiful creature. But it was more crafty. I told the young people last night that Satan doesn't show up on your doorstep like, ah, yeah, I'm going to get you to sin, ah. Matter of fact, Revelation 12 tells us that not only is he mad, angry, but he's mad at a certain people. God's commandment, keeping people. He's not even mad at all the others out there. He's mad at those who are keeping the commandments of God. But he's not going to come at us with, oh, here's the mark of the beast. Stamp, stamp, stamp. <laughs> You know, I used to go to the theater. Yeah, some of y'all did too. Mm -hmm. And I would sit there and watch the previews. And some of the previews would come on with those real graphic satanic movies. And I don't know about you, but most people of color don't mess around with that blatant satanic stuff. We let other folk mess with that stuff. We don't play. And I would sit there like, man, no way am I going to see that. Crosses coming out, blood all up. No, 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 no. But then suddenly, I would watch a movie that was mixed in with cursing, nudity, but it had a good plot. Or it might have been based on a true story. So Satan didn't jump out at me with the 666. He subtly introduced it. I have a teacher, her name is Mrs. Major. She works alongside with me. She brought some brownies in for worship one day. And as she was giving her worship thought, she passed these brownies away. And boy, these brownies were good. And the students, boy, we just, mm. Mrs. Major, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the worship thought. <laughs> what did you put in these brownies? She said, well, I got some butter and I got some milk and added some sugar and 
put a chocolate mix in there and and oh yeah 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 by the way I went out to the front yard and I got just a speck of the dog's poop but you can't taste it can you you want to see 50 kids spit Now, why won't we eat a brownie with just a speck of poop in it? Come on, church. It's, it's just a, you can't even taste it, right? But yet, we'll sit in front of the TV screen and be watching one of those good programs. You know, there's a whole bunch of them. And the Satan will throw a little poop in there. Boop, boop. But Pastor, that's my favorite show. Just a little boop, boop, boop. <laughs> the serpent was more crafty. You know, we've been around 6,000 years. We don't know how long he's been around. And a matter of fact, he knows, he knows what your great, great grandmama struggled with. He knows what your grandmother struggled with. He knows what your father that you may have never met struggles with. And not only have you picked up that stuff from, from generations back, this stuff you went out and picked up on your own. It's called cultivated tendencies. There's the stuff we inherit. And then there's the stuff we just go out and grab on our own and mix it in. Satan knows you better than you know yourself. The Bible says he's more crafty, he's more subtle, and he's mad. He says to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Again, Spirit of Prophecy tells us this is the first time that, that Eve has seen one of the created animals speak. And so she's blown away. And I'm here to tell you today, young people, there's some conversations y'all just don't need to get into. Tell me why I shouldn't be smoking a little herb. If you don't know, you better ask somebody else. Tell me why, you know, we can't sleep together. Can you prove it from the Bible? I don't need to prove it. The answer is no. There's some conversations we just don't need to get involved in. But here we find that she's talking to the serpent. He doesn't jump at her and scare her to death. Oh, he's having a conversation. And the woman says to him in verse 2, says to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. And then the devil says, No, you won't. Nah. No, you won't. You know, you can have a drink and not get drunk. Am I telling the truth? Yeah. You can have a drink yes, and not get drunk. But if you continue to take drink after drink after drink, then you'll continue to slide down, down, down. 
He's telling her, no, nothing bad is going to happen. Matter of fact, God is trying to keep something from you. That is the trick of the devil, that you're missing out on something. You know, if, if, if I, I, this, is, this is a conversation I hear very often. You know what? I'm, we're going to just live together and try it out. You know, to see if we're compatible. And we're just going to live together. And statistics say that, that most times in these situations, there, a marriage never occurs. You, ladies, you've heard the story. Your mama said a hundred times. Why? Why? Huh? I didn't have to even go any further. <laughs> now my mama would hit me upside my head if I called a woman a cow, so I'll let y'all finish that statement. <laughs> but the devil's saying there's something God is keeping from you. And God, we just found out in chapter 2 that God has given them everything that they ever needed. If you listen to music today, it's talking about things that, that, that God is supposedly keeping from us. You know, he tempts us older folk with, with the money. He said, no, 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 that money's not God. It's yours. You worked hard for it. And God is saying, you know, if it weren't for me, you'd be laying on your back not making any money. So Satan tells you, no, God, God's telling a lie. He says in verse 5, for he knows that when you eat of it, that your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Matter of fact, you will, you, will, you will escalate to some higher sphere of being. You know, that's why folk try drugs. You know, I feel so free and, in, and uninhibited when I'm on drugs. So that's why some of us get hooked on alcohol because it's what we call when I was when I was younger called liquid courage, huh? Drink a little liquid courage and, and you'll be ready to fight anybody. He says that your eyes will be open, you'll be just like God. But you know what? Ephesians two and verse five says says that God wants you to have His same mind. He wants you to have the same mind. So, so the problem is not being God-like. Did you hear that? Aren't we supposed to be Christ-like? So say, what Satan's proposing here is not foreign. God says, yes, I want you to be like me. But there's one way that I want you to be it. And disobedience is not that way. You see, that's why we worship on Sabbath. Not because we got something to get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the rest of the days of the week. But God says, I have already designed a way for you to be like me. Obey it and you will. And Satan says, no, no, no. You can do it any way you want to. God is holding something back from you. It says, and the woman saw the fruit was good for food, pleasing to the eye, also desirable to gain wisdom. She took some and ate. Now I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a quick Bible study because it was good to the eye. It was good for food. And, it, and she thought it would make one wise. 
And there's a parallel. 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. Are you there, church? Yes, sir. If you're not there, just say, hold up. All right. Amen. Amen. We'll slow it down. 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. The Bible says, still, we're still looking. The Bible says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, my Bible says, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he or she does is not from the Father, but from the world. Now, every time I listen to some music, and it doesn't just have to be a certain genre of music, but all I seem to hear is boasting. I got this, and I got that. Huh, you know it. I'm riding on Twinkies. <laughs> huh? Yeah, my stuff is plat, my stuff is shine. All I was boasting, I got, I got. And, and, and I was so caught up at one point in my life, I had to get it too. And, and then I took Malcolm X's theory, by any means necessary. <laughs> Satan is telling Eve, I give you the world. I give you the whole world. The interesting thing, Matthew chapter 4, he tempts Jesus with the same three temptations. First, he tries to get him with the food. Then he tries to get him, he says, look, look at this. Look how beautiful it is. Look, 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 look. It's all yours if you just bow down and worship me. The Bible is clear. That what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Eve, I'll give you the world. Eve eats the fruit. She brings it to her husband. Her husband knows their fate, but he loves Eve more than he loves God. Nothing wrong with loving your spouse. Nothing wrong with loving your friends. Nothing wrong with, with, with loving things. But if, if the love of things is the center of your life, you're not going to be able to make it. Adam loves his wife more than he loves God, not trusting that God can do any better than Eve. Some of us in relationships we ought not be in because we think, well, this is the best I'm ever going to get. So let me just ride this thing out. Got knots and bumps all upside your head. Talking about let me just ride. Yeah, he'll ride it out. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open and they were realized that they were naked. They, they, they went from four years old to five years old and all of a sudden, ah! So they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves covering. Now, I was in a car accident in 1995. A rough car accident. I broke the biggest bone in your body, your femur. Snapped it like a twig. And, 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 and I wasn't uh, 
Uh, we'll move past that. But broke it like a twig. And so I got in the ambulance. They took me to the hospital. And, 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 and anybody here work for the hospital? Raise your hand. Be proud. Yeah, absolutely. But I got a question. You see, I'm not the smallest guy. Right? right? It's all, it's all, thank you. It's all right. But let me tell you what's not all right. It was those little bitty gowns. That they give us who aren't as small as others. And so they said, put this gown on. And I said, you mean that handkerchief? <laughs> and so I put my arms through it. And I went to connect the back. And I man, what is wrong with this material? And I felt this cold breeze. Woo! Who oh, better, better sit down for somebody? Nurse, hey, 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 don't, don't look, don't look. I don't know why y'all have such small gowns in the hospital. But every time I, I stretched or I did something, I was exposed. And, and every time we tried to cover up our sins, we end up exposed like me in the hospital. And every now and then, God will come by and say, <laughs> and blow your gown wide open. <laughs> Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. Some of us are trying to sew fig leaves together trying to sow our lives that we have ruined back together. But we're still naked. We're, we're still exposed. Then the Bible says that the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the cool of the day. And he calls out to them. He says, he says man, Adam, where are you? Where art thou? And he said, I was in the garden. I was, uh, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And in verse 12, he says to the man, uh, excuse me, he says, have you eaten from the tree? I've commanded you not to eat. And the man said, it's this woman. It's her. She's why I am the way I am. question I have for you today is who are you blaming for why you are the way you are? Well, I didn't grow up with my father, so now, you know, I just sleep with as many women as I can. Nobody taught me. And the woman says, hey, woman, what, what's the deal here? What's the deal here? Hey, it's the serpent that you put in the garden. Everybody's pointing the finger now. Not my fault. It's their fault. But really what they're saying is, listen to this. When you and I complain, what we're really saying is, God, I don't like the way you're running my life. 
I don't care for the decisions you're making in my life. But, but the beautiful thing about God is that he, whenever there's time for justice, he mixes it with a little mercy. Amen. And every time he knows it's merciful, he, he has to mix it with a little justice. Lest we say, you know what? <laughs> it's because of my righteousness. <laughs> Young people, have you ever met that righteous older person? Act like they never did nothing wrong. I just stopped right there. <laughs> Pointing the finger, laying blame. You see, we live in a country where we're supposed to be innocent until we're proven guilty. They have to uh, collect the evidence. And they have to bring you before a court of law. And, and they must present the evidence. And, and in some situations, either a judge or, or a jury uh, chooses whether you're guilty or you're innocent. But our country stands on the premise that we're innocent until you're proven guilty. But the time is coming, if it's not here already where there are things in legislation that are happening where they can just pick you up because they think yes. you're a threat. Yes. And because of our parents, Adam and Eve, Satan stands in the courtroom and he says, guilty. Guilty. Look at what they've done. You gave them everything. But they believe me. And now they must suffer the same fate that I'm going to suffer. Verse 21, chapter 3. says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Jesus knows that you're trying to sew your stuff together. And without the blood of Jesus, the Bible says that on your best day, on your most holy day, that your righteousness is as a filthy rag. But I don't think y'all really understand. For the young people, I'll be very blatant. A filthy rag in the Bible is what they used when it was a woman's time of the month. That's right, that's right. Wrinkle up your face. Because on your best day, when you don't ascribe your goodness to Jesus Christ, your righteousness is as a woman's. So when they come at you and say, well, Sonny, you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that, and they're acting like they never, ever sinned, you can point them to Romans 6, 23 and say, hey, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if it weren't for the blood of Jesus, I don't know where you'd be. Thank God that the gift of Jesus means eternal life for us. God made, makes garments of skin 
He performs the first sacrifice for Adam and Eve. Genesis 3.15 is the promise of a redeemer. But some of us are still holding on to this world. There was a little boy by the name of Robert. And Robert had a slingshot. <laughs> Robert loved his slingshot. But Robert couldn't aim worth a lick. And he would take that slingshot and he'd aim at the fence and <laughs> man, that thing would shoot way up. Oh, he was terrible. He'd take that slingshot and that thing go way off. Well, one day Robert is out in the back and he's in the pond and he sees his grandmother's favorite duck. Knowing how bad his aim is, he takes aim at the duck, laughing to himself like, I could never hit this thing. It was the duck's last scream. For he killed it. And so he grabs the duck and he, and he hides it behind a wood pile. And he comes into the house and, and he's acting like nothing has happened. And, and his grandmother says, Robert, you know, you need to, excuse me, not Robert, but he comes and his sister comes in and she says, hey, Sally, can you help me with the dishes? And Sally says, well, grandmother, I think Robert's going to help you. And Robert says, I, I am? She said, I saw what you did. <laughs> Sally, I need you to help me fold these clothes. Oh, grandmother, Robert's going to help you. He is? I am? Sally, it's time to prepare for Sabbath. Time for us to clean up the house. Oh, Grandma, Robert's gonna do my job for me. He is? I am? I saw what you did. Two weeks go by. Two whole weeks. Robert's been a slave to his sister. Robert comes in the house, tears streaming from his face. Grandma, Grandma, I have something to tell you. Yes, Robert, what's the problem? What's the problem? Grandma, two weeks ago, I was out in the back. I had my slick I didn't think I could get anything, and I killed your dog. <laughs> Grandma says, Robert? I know. I saw the whole thing. You did? He said, but I was wondering when you're going to stop being a slave to your sister. God has already seen 
everything that you and I have done. And yet we still try to hide and hide. And every time we hide, Satan comes to us and says, But God says, if you just come to me, I already saw it. I still love it. Matter of fact, I already paid the price. So why are you still a slave? Does it make any sense, church? David says, where can you go that I can hide from you? He's seen it already. The worst humanity can dish out. The Bible says in Romans 5 verse 8, while you were yet sinners, I paid your price. While you held your, 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 your hand in defiance saying, God, I So why are we still a slave to say? Your judge stands up and said, I've proven you innocent. Now you need to live like it. Young people, your innocence has been proven. And all he says is, now live like it. Just live like it. Don't wave it in people's face, but just live like it. Don't let nobody remind you of your past. Just live like it. You let them know last night, that wasn't me. Because today, I'm in Jesus. You've been proven innocent. Now just live like it. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed. Some person today has been a slave for far too long. And the interesting thing about Satan is he, if he can't catch you doing something bad, he'll make you a fanatic about doing something good. <laughs> huh? You know those individuals, they ain't touched a piece of flesh in 30 years and are waiting for translation. Praise God if your diet has changed, but, but you can only ascribe the glory to one person. But you've been a slave in some part of your life. And God is speaking to your heart right now saying, I saw what you did. I still love you. Now stop being a slave to Satan. 
if today you want to make a new start with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. But before you stand, I want you to understand that Satan is preparing to declare war against you. And so you have to be ready and equipped for his assault. So I know it's popular for everybody to stand at, at very general appeals, but what I'm saying is, is that now you're publicly saying, Satan, you got it coming. And so I'll ask again, if you need to reconnect with Jesus, saying, I've been a slave in areas of my life and I don't want to be a slave anymore. I'm just going to invite you to stand to your feet right where you are. Amen. Now is there that man, woman, boy, or girl needs to say, God, you have not really been a part of my life, and I want you to become a part of my life today. I'm going to ask that young person or older person, just make your way out of your seat so that Pastor Lee Wars can say a prayer for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. Pastor Lee Wars, if you just come and stand down with me. Is there another one? God, you really haven't been a part of my life, and I need you to be a part of my life today. Oh, you may have been in the church all your life. God bless you, sister. But like the prodigal's son, no, not the one that went away, the one that stayed in the house. God bless you, sister. You see, we don't talk a lot enough about the one that stayed in the house, the prodigal son that was angry when his brother came home. In a few verses before that, uh, the Bible says that all heaven rejoices when one sinner repents, but this self-righteous, pharisaical brother was angry when his younger brother came home. There was a prodigal son in the house. And he might have been worse off than the one that blew his whole living. You know, there might be some prodigal sons in the church today. If you've been a Pharisee in your heart, and you need to say, Lord, can you get rid of this for me?
I invite you to raise your hands. You've been a Pharisee in your heart. Lord, I need you, I need you to get rid of this Pharisaical spirit. Because I just judge folk and judge folk, and, and, and I'm no better than they are. Our young people need to know, church, that we are real people. And we've made real mistakes. But that we're living testimonies. Living testimonies of what God can do in our lives. And I'll say this, I don't want to leave without saying this. Church, we need to start expressing joy to our young people. Because who wants to serve a God that makes you miserable? Face always turns sideways when you come to church. Young people look at you and say, I don't want your God. You can have him. If God has really given you joy, then you will express that joy. Now, you may have to really work hard to put a smile on your face, but God will give you the grace to do it. You let these young people know that the sacrifice is worth it. The stuff you've given up for this truth is worth it. And that's when you walk in these doors and you say, God is good. Some of y'all have lost your families over this Sabbath truth. Let these people know, know that the sacrifice is worth it. Young people, you got work to do. They say the young people are our future. No, you are the today. And it's time for you to say, devil, we about to kick in the doors of hell. And we're going to try to witness to every person we see. No, I may not know the 2300-day prophecy, but I know that there is a Jesus who has set me free. Pray with me, Father in heaven. As I start this prayer and Pastor Lee Wars will finish it, I'd just like to lift up those that have come forward those that have stood, those that have raised their hands. Lord, we are a messed up bunch of people. And we're so glad you're not intimidated by our mess. For you put on our mess. And then you defeated our mess. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Elder Lee Wars, will you close us with prayer? Great God, we thank you for the message today. For we recognize, oh God, that we are living in an awesome time. And though the appeal was made that there are still people in your presence who are hearing and feeling the Holy Spirit moving upon their hearts, oh God, and denying the power thereof, we ask that you may have mercy on them. 
that father even though they may walk out of your courts today without sealing the deal we pray that your mercy will follow them before your justice thank you for your grace grace marvelous grace grace that is greater than all our sin and our woe grace marvelous grace so today father we thank you for the preacher and we pray oh god that you may fence him in away from the enemy and that those who came who stood up like true conquerors today that you may empower them oh god for we know the enemy is mad today that they stood out and stood tall. Father God, as a body today, we give it all to you. We surrender all today. For we pray it all in the precious name, above every name, the name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. May you close your eyes and bow your head for prayer. Dear God, thank you for this wonderful sermon. May you please give us uh, driving mercies and may you please uh, help us for this Sabbath. Amen. Amen. One brief announcement we'd like to make on last week. Some cards were passed out to those members who said they would make contact with missing members. I need to see you right after service. I'd like to ask Sister Madigan also if she would remain up front. We need to get a report from you, those of you that are here that took cards of the names of missing members that you were going to make contact with. We need to have a report on that, so I would appreciate after service if you would meet us down front here on my right. Thank you very much.